Hello and welcome back to a podcast about George Costanza's engagement. Um, the Thunk Tankers are back with me for part two of George Costanza's engagement. We broke it up um, just because it was running a little long, so we want to break it up into a part one and part two. If the uh, six or seven of you that stuck with us through part one, glad to have you back. Um, you can expect a lot more of the same because uh, we, we're going to dive right in, picking up at the Marble Riot episode and then going through the rest of uh, George Costanza's engagement and kind of the fallout with the Rosses. And then uh, we do a little trivia challenge at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Glad to have you back. If you, ha- if you missed part one, go back and listen to part one first because you're going to be kind of lost if you're picking up just in part two. Um, thanks for coming back. Here we go. Uh, so the next one is everyone's favorite, the Marble Rye, oh, or just, just the watched that this morning. One of the best. I'm, yeah. I, I'm on George's side on this one again. Not with the whole baiting the hook thing. Yeah, but I think that's he, the the Rosses didn't put the Rye out. They should be the assholes in this situation. He should get that Rye back in there so they feel like the assholes. And that's such a Larry David thing where when you watch Curb, a lot of time, like a lot of times you watch it and you think. Oh yeah, Larry's being a total asshole. But there's a lot of other times where you're, you you watch it and you feel, wait a minute, these people are the assholes. It's just you. There's there. Are He's just not reacting in the right way to it, right? Exactly. Or like you can't call them out because of this current situation, but they're they're doing something wrong compared to him. There's, or there's they no did question the Rosses are are disturbing people. I was so they I was just disturbing. watching this. Episode it's just not as morning. overt as the Costanzas. That dinner. First so you've off, got the you've got the rooster, the chicken, and the hen. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite quotes to give to people too because they're just like what oh, the hell so is this guy talking about the mr ross is hunched over at the dinner table like a demon like he's like so disgusted by being in the presence of the costanzas and, and also his, and his mrs ross and can't family. have enough wine yeah, yeah she's just downing the wine well, he he also like they all hate each other like mrs ross yes. hates mr ross yep. like and vice versa like well and he had a relationship john with Cheever. john Cheever. yeah yeah. Oh, the meal is so delicious. Why are you complimenting her? She didn't cook it. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a, a nickel or a dime for every book he's read in that library, and I'd he be goes, broke. What's a game bird? Is that a hunting bird? He goes, yes. <laughs> he just looks up and goes, yes. Like, so, you shoot it? Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> Don't and spoil to, it. <laughs> I like to go in fresh. <laughs> I like to go in fresh. It's deliberate. Deliberate, I tell you. It doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Yeah, there's so many great, like, one-off lines in that episode. It's just, just like, like, yelling psychotic. Merlot never heard of it. <laughs> and Frank and Estelle are, are trying to, like, be nice and be on their best behavior, but they just, they slip into themselves every once in a while. Yeah. That's what's funny yeah. is, like, that dinner is them being on their best behavior. Holy cow. That's yeah. a scene, man. Like, that's Frank a Frank is trying to be interesting. He thinks about birds like that, yeah. you know? You have a I like in the episode in where they go to, um... They go to J- Jerry's date and the girl with all the, the toy collection. And oh, George brings his home yeah. movies to, to kind of lull her to sleep. Oh, my God. And yeah. you hear in the background them yelling about, like, his birthday or going into the rest stop, whatever it was. And it's just like they're just yelling at the top of their lungs over the most mundane no, things. It's – it's they're going it's, – it's a home video of them on a road trip, I think. And yes. they're at the rest stop. And George goes, oh, uh, ignore this part. This is where they changed me. And Jerry goes – you're eight years old. <laughs> and I forget what George's follow-up is, but it's just like, wait, what? Like, what was this childhood with the Costanzas? Like, clearly, it, it's just, it's beyond insanity. And it's well, of- and his dad would apparently go on month-long trips trying to find a new car and new state car, yeah. to state. Yeah. But it just, it, it does give a lot of context into how, in a how lot George of ways. George became George. In a lot of ways, yeah. he, he's a tragic character, not because of just like his decisions, but also the There's fact that There's no way he was escaping it. He didn't have a chance. Like, I think Jerry says when the Costanzas... No uh, siblings either where it could be dispersed. When, when his parents mm-hmm. are, are, like, getting divorced, he says, like, too bad they didn't do this 30 years ago. He could have ended up normal. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe. Like, he might have had a chance then. Do you think they took the marble right back? Those people? Yes, they're sick. Well, you, you know the <laughs> reference there? He does reference that he has a brother early on in the series. When he goes to the psychic, yes, he says uh, to the psychic, "My brother, his brother once oh, impregnated he... a woman named Clarice uh, or something, right?" Like, no, it's I forget uh, the name, but but he does mention that Pauline. he has a brother, Pauline. Pauline, that sounds right. But he does that mention that was that going to be brother. one of my trivia questions, but it's not. I I bumped it for something different <laughs> of what the what the girl's name who his brother impregnated oh, that's was. A good one, yeah. That's that's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Um, 
So to be fair to George, though, even though it was selfishly motivated, he set up a really nice anniversary date for the Rosses on the handsome cab ride with the hot chocolate and Not the blanket. Reason. But objectively, you're right. Well, That's and, like a very nice evening. And well, and it was with Kramer's handsome cab who fed the ho- uh, Rusty way too much beefarino. Also, the Rosses looked like they were like genuinely trying to have a good time. Yeah, they were like, enjoying their they night. They each other and they were cuddling. And then the horse started farting. Well, in that sense, Kramer so, really is like a genie because George says like when Kramer's like a minute late, as soon as he's like a minute like, late, how did I rest? George like says, resting? my whole plan is relying on Kramer. What was I thinking? And then Kramer comes and he's like, oh, good. The plan's going to go through. And then it still gets messed up because it's it is Karina. Kramer. It's like the thing yeah. that you thought Kramer would mess up by being late. Of course, Kramer doesn't mess up that, obviously. Yeah. He messed up by feeding the horse beefarino. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. when... It's like when Elaine brings Kramer over to get her to change her friend's hairstyle, and he's like, no, I really like your hairstyle, exactly. and ends up dating her. Because Kramer's a wild card. You can't count yeah. on him for one, yeah. one specific, like, kind of thing. Yeah, his consistency is very inconsistent in terms of, like, like what is he going to, like, what is his element in any given situation? Like, you don't know going wild in. Wild card. He's the wild card. He's the wild card. He is the Charlie. Charlie yeah. and the Charlie Kelly, yeah. So the next episode, we've got the caddy, Stan the caddy. Stan the caddy. This is another look at good guy George. You know, he's he's got his little break from work because his car's stuck there. Takes Susan on a nice long weekend in the Adirondacks. Oh yeah, that's that's a legitimate. He that's not selfishly motivated in any way, other than him being in his office could only hurt his chances of getting a promotion. (laughs) And and also he's letting his company think that he's working hard. Really, right. just not there. Which, at if all. he were but, home, he'd have to pull his car out of there, right, yeah. and then that would look mm-hmm. bad because he clearly can't be at work that early. No. You know, right? That's not gonna work. So yeah, so he he takes her on a long weekend, which is a very nice thing. They rebuilt the cabin, so they're going back. That that was just a nice thing that George did. So yeah. out of twelve episodes, we've had one actually good point for George. Way to go, George. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say I would say I'll, I'll give him like one point five because I. I, I thought the 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 handsome cab ride the ride that like that was nice in principle. Okay. Yeah. To go back to the handsome cab ride nice. thing when he's making that plan, and Jerry says, "I'll pick up the marble ride." There's this childlike moment of excitement that comes from George, where he's like, "This whole thing's like it's coming together. It's, it's gonna locking work. in now. It's locking in." And he has this moment of excitement, and then Kramer says, "Hey George, you want to come down and say hi to the horse?" And and he gets genuinely excited to go down and say hi to the horse, and he asks Elaine. He goes, Elaine, oh, yeah. you want to go see the horsey? And Elaine just shuts the door in his face, slams it in his face. <laughs> yeah. Like like uh, the, the characters at different times have these really genuine moments of like like trying to have real connection, but it never lines up with the other characters, and they shut it down real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Poor George. Poor George. Yeah. So next we've got the seven where uh, he just. This is a, a, <laughs> Did you really? It's an objectively terrible name for a child. Yeah, I would say that's and, fair. And not only is it a bad name, like it, it doesn't mean it, it means something to him in his mind, but it doesn't mean anything to Susan. So he should be able to see from her point of view why it's bad. And he, he just goes too far to lay his claim to it, like chasing down her cousin or whoever it is that took the As name. If that really matters like, anyways. Oh, there's yeah. two people in New York City named Seven. Oh boy. Oh, it has. Cachet. Yeah, like they're gonna happen upon each other. It has cash. Yep, the yin yang. <laughs> I don't know how much cash it had to be. Right. With. Yeah. Which cachet. one was better? I though? like isosceles much better. Seven or soda? Isosceles. isosceles yeah. Oh, soda. Isosceles. Soda was another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, soda is what he recommends uh, to people. At the yeah, I think Seven is. I think Seven's better. And another yeah. time, by the way, Susan broke George's unspoken vault. Because she on the phone mentioned seven, even though that was sort of a between yep. them conversation. Yeah, yep. yeah, he wanted. Well, that that was the one. Like Soda, he said is just a nice name, but seven was the one where he was like, "That's what he was holding on to my child because it's gonna happen." Oh, and I love when when they are having that conversation. So I'm with George on Bosco still. They, uh, <laughs> he mentioned enough. seven, and Susan's not having it at all. Yeah. And George has a freak out in the car. And has he, she yell out the window? Yeah. Window. Yeah. Let's not go into panic mode. He <laughs> screams out the window in New York City. That's, like, that's a fantastic scene of just him not being able to deal. Yeah. Like, what, that scream wasn't just like, oh, we're disagreeing about the name of our potential future baby. It was like, why am I with this woman kind of scream. Why am yes. I with this reality? Yes. This woman understands nothing yeah. about me and why I do the, what I do. Nor should she, because you're crazy and you well, don't. Yeah, need because he's he's the crazy one. Yeah. Well, they might both be crazy, but he's certainly crazy in his own 
very unique way. Yes. So in the next episode, the Cadillac, this is the exit ramp that George should have taken. <laughs> this is the one where he gets set up on a date with Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah, that's right. At this point, yeah, you're going to look like a little bit of an asshole for breaking off the engagement. But you don't have to tell Marissa Tomei you're engaged. This is true. It's you're not married. You you just leave that part out. You you break Susan's heart. That's going to be rough for a couple days. But at the end of the she day, won't die. The, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you, you get to, yeah, she won't yeah. die, and you get to maybe go on two dates with Marissa Tomei. Like how many shots do you have with an Oscar? An Oscar winner, winner Jerry. An Oscar winner. <laughs> and and after like two weeks, nobody's going to care anymore that he broke up with Susan. Especially his friend. Like his friends don't care oh, that he breaks up right. with they Susan. They got right over her death. He doesn't. Know, he, he doesn't know anybody now, do you else. Think he, he didn't do that because so, he's just not smart enough. Like he's not savvy enough, or like why? Well, no, because she asked him the question, "How isn't someone like you taken?" And and right. he he thinks at this point he's doing so well that he can come uh, clean that he's yeah. engaged, and she punches right. him in the face. That's what happens. Yeah, it's like no, you're not doing so well. Yeah, you happen to weirdly. I mean, he did have the ma newer <laughs> bit. Ma newer. And it comes that comes back at actually the very end of the season. Remember this this comes back up. I don't want. Can I spoil it? I don't want to spoil it. If we're gonna, I'm forgetting exactly when it comes back up. No, this is when it comes. That was the second time it had come up at the very end of season. It comes up a third time. Very end of season seven, like the after credits or like the during credits scene. He calls on the phone marissa tomei oh he called marissa tomei yeah like remember i said i was engaged yeah well i'm not engaged anymore and there's a pause and he just goes oh she died and then he goes yeah so uh (laughs) the funeral's this weekend or friday but i'm pretty open on this weekend and then you just hear click he goes hello i thought you meant the manure came back not oh no 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 no. yeah the fact that he's so stupid that he could that he could go back yeah like maybe he could, but not if you tell her. Oh, like my, my fiance just died today. That, yeah. The like, funeral's Friday, but I'm op- my weekend's open because that was fake to begin with. It's like that doesn't establish. He's your not credibility. thinking that the new female will be worried that he could get over his fiance's right. death that quickly. Because he's so I I don't know what he is. Is that stupidity? Is that shallowness? Yeah, just, all of it. It's and all then of in season it. eight, so somebody so. asks him about his engagement and asks how it worked out, and he just shrugs and goes, no complaints. No complaints, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he goes into the store where he ordered the envelopes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's at the end of no season complaints. eight when he's getting the envelopes for yeah, uh, Jerry's like, girlfriend's like, oh, party. how'd that work out? No complaints. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints. My fiance only died because yep. specifically of the glue in the envelopes. But no complaints. Because I was too cheap to pay for better envelopes. Yeah. Jesus. Classic. So the, the next episode is the shower head. I don't have anything on the their relationship in that one. I, I can't even think though. of what George's. Oh, that's the one where George is trying to get his parents to move to Del Boca Vista. Oh, that's you think one. you can keep us out of Del Boca Vista? We're coming in lock, stock, and barrel. That's We're going to be in the pool. <laughs> We're going to be in the clubhouse. That's one of my favorite just George uh, Frank Costanza moments. Like just the fact that he – That almost, phone call. That, that phone call just to like some weird like like power dynamic move where he's just like, and I dare you to try to keep us out. And slams down the phone. Also, the concept of so they had shower heads that they were presumably happy with, and then they got changed. So instead of getting a model similar to what they had, they decided to go with the elephant. They can't just go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, get a shower head. Right. They, they got to get the black market shower guy who goes, "No, you, that's not for sale. That's for elephants at the circus." The commando eight. The commando. And Kramer goes like, "Yeah, we want that one. That's the one we want. That's the one we He's want." Like, Why do you want to upgrade from? From because, normal shower for humans to elephant because, shower. Because Kramer's more dog than human. He sees something, he's like, oh, a toy. Yeah. And he that. wants to live his whole life in the shower, as we'll learn later. This right. is true. This is very true. He takes incredibly long showers, so he yeah. may need that extra pressure. Which, that's one uh, of the few things where I'm like, I kind of agree with him. Being in the shower is pretty great. Oh, it's great. And then yeah. the hot water runs Som- out. So- sometimes I'll take a second shower in the day, just like, because it kind of feels good. Yeah, it's great thinking time, too. He's not yeah. wrong, yeah. You can't he's wear not headphones wrong. in the shower. Not yet, at least. Soon. Yeah, but, you can, but <laughs> cell phones are uh, waterproof now, so you can bring them in with you. That's I got what, a little stand in there. Oh, yeah, really? That's what I mean. It's coming, yeah. Shower I actually prefer to, like, I, I, I click, because I could put, like, 
uh, a Bluetooth speaker in there and like play a podcast mm-hmm. or something like that. But I actually prefer it to be like super quiet time where I just kind of like sometimes I just sit under the hot water. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like you, you must not have a four and a two year old. That's my YouTube watching time. Oh, <laughs> fair <laughs> I, enough. I definitely don't have those. Yeah, <laughs> those 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 are factors that like yeah, I would do as much as I can in the shower than watching YouTube That's, or podcast. My wife and I both. My wife will take hers in there and she'll like she'll watch you know whatever reality show she's watching and i take mine and that's where i get all my caught up on my youtube videos oh that's really interesting yeah yeah. huh okay as long as that water's running nobody can come in there you know exactly you're taking a shot uh yeah yep the next episode is the uh the doll Oh, oh, yeah. I and love that I, I'm with George again. Susan should have at least put the doll away. She didn't have to get rid of it, but she should have put the doll away. Pop, that thing was creepy and it looked just like his mom. And yeah. there's no arguing that it looked like his mom. Yeah. And, and you have all your other dolls. It wasn't her only doll. Right. If she if that was her only, only doll, then okay, you can fight for it. Well, but... not only does it look exactly like George's mom, but even if it didn't, it's creepy as hell right. to begin with. Like, even if it were a random. Yes. Like, well, most porcelain dolls are creepy as hell. Yeah, so. Also, right. you don't sleep with porcelain dolls like that. Yeah. You know, like you can't no, yeah. cuddle up with a porcelain doll because your your body weight will just shift on it. Also, I it. wouldn't be comfortable living with somebody who just sleeps with like thirty dolls in their bed. Like yes. that's that weirds me out, dude. Well, like, well she had most of them on a shelf, and then she would bring like one down to sleep with. I thought a few. Like I think I, she I had two or three yeah. on the yeah. bed. Yeah, uh, that's okay. still too many. Like tight yeah, that'd be weird. It's one of my favorite things. things about Seinfeld is so yeah. many things don't make sense, like logically, that are just part of the plot. That it's it if. You would get angry if it were something like Harry Potter, but because it's Seinfeld, yeah. you know it's just part of what's driving this hilariousness yeah. forward, you know? Right, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so next we have the Friars Club, and this is this is one where just George does everything in his power to be able to go on dates and enjoy himself as long as he doesn't actually have to entertain or interact with Susan. Right. So this he gets Jerry to date Susan's friend, so oh. Susan has someone to talk with, and George and Jerry can just talk the whole time, and George thinks he can be an NFL coach. I, I, <laughs> I think that's one of the more telling episodes of George, because he's pushing so hard that whole episode to try to regain what he feels like he lost from the pact by thinking, well, if I can get Jerry to fall, settle in, down with fall in love with this right. woman who's you know so close to Susan and... Yeah, settle down. Yeah, he's not even pushing Susan anymore. He's he's trying to make Jerry unhappy because Jerry sours on her, but he doesn't he care that Jerry sours. He wants level. That's yeah. all that matters. You can't just de sour. You got to sweeten too. Yeah, but and and he says, but like he he's so delusional in it. Like there's one point when Jerry realizes that he lose he's lost the jacket. He said George is kind of talking about like how great she is, and Jerry's like, yeah, I didn't really get to talk to her. He's like, but fantastic girl. <laughs> and then George goes, you know, there's a uh, an apartment open up in Susan's building. Like, you know, maybe, like, I'm not trying to get ahead, but maybe I can hold it. And Jerry just goes, ah, where's my jacket? <laughs> He's just, like, on to the next baloney thing. And George is, yeah. George is already, like, 19,000 steps ahead, and it's like, George, you're never going to get there. Yeah. You're never going to get Jerry on board. He's just delusional. Also, nice try, George, to, like, try and trick your brain that like your date with Susan is like a conversation with Jerry, but it's not, yeah. it's almost as good. You're not on a date. I, I think he says straight up. It's almost as good as if I didn't get engaged. <laughs> yes. Like, I, at, at some point he says that, I don't know if it's this one, but yeah. he does. Yeah. Because he's so happy because he's able to like go on double dates with Jerry essentially, mm-hmm. you know? And then the next one's the wig master. And I got to take George's side again. Two weeks is very excessive for a house guest. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Yep. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, two weeks is, let's say, a family member had a crisis of some kind. That's two weeks, you know? But and even then, even like, then it's, I'd be like, can I get you a hotel for a night or two? Yeah, it's like, like let me help you figure this out at least, yeah. you know? I got, I, got some free, I got some free points. Yeah. So what's, go what's really going on? I remember I had a friend staying <laughs> with uh, me and, and my girlfriend at the time uh, a couple years back. And, you know, they were him and his girlfriend were in between uh, housing situations. And it was sort of an unknown thing. But like the initial offer that was extended was, yeah, if you need a few days for someone, you know, someplace to crash. And that became a week. And then unbeknownst to me, it became like another week. You know, like I wasn't asked like my. Yeah, it just it just kind of keeps going. And then at some point I had to like just have a house meeting and be like. You know, this is not like a long-term thing, guys. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Did you guys uh, find a house like, yet? What, what's up with yeah. the apartment search? Like, how's that going? And they were like, "Oh, we haven't found." Just it leave the leave the uh, paper on yeah. the table yeah. with some apartments <laughs> circled. Yeah. And 
Oh, look at the list that fell on the table. It was filled with the hilariousness of like we had one common room and like I'd be watching TV mm-hmm. in there. That's where they slept. You know, we had a bedroom and a common room. And they'd be like, well, I think we're going to bed. I'd be like, that's weird because I'm watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Jerry and George, uh, Jerry and Kramer do eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's in this episode. Because because Kramer gets locked out of his apartment because of the Jiffy oh, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And and he has yeah. to stay with Jerry. And he goes. Well, and I'm gonna he's ready to go to bed at like nine. <laughs> yeah. Well, like... well, Kramer thinks I I love too how like it becomes so evident so quickly over the course of the series how Kramer doesn't see Jerry's apartment as Jerry's apartment. He sees. No, that's that's a suite. Totally. That's like that's yeah, like exactly. the new college dorm style where it's just like yep. there's four interconnected rooms yep. with a common living area. Yep. And there's just <laughs> there's a bridge in between. It's just a hallway, yeah. He can do all these crazy things in his part apartment because he has this other place. With yep. food and like a place to eat. And furniture. And right. Furniture, yeah. <laughs> Which he brings TV up too at one point. He's like, Oh yeah, I think when he meets with Silvio, the the landlord. He's like, oh, yeah, I like mm-hmm. meeting Jerry's place. You know, it has a certain allure, what with the furniture and everything. <laughs> like, like when Jerry goes away for a job on the weekend, like I guess Kramer just like has free reign of Jerry's apartment, right? Remember the cold open to that episode? That one, yeah, that one cold where open. Where it just goes through what Kramer does when Jerry goes away. Exactly, yeah. Not even for a weekend. I think it's to do a set. He says, I'm doing a set tonight. You hanging out? And Kramer goes, yeah, I got it. And then it shows you like all the crazy stuff that Kramer He does like 50 yeah, things, yeah. yeah. Classic classic kramer classic. uh so then we got the calzone which that's george and uh steinbrenner, steinbrenner mostly the bottle deposit no no relationship stuff but a there great episode too. No, great yeah. episode great scheme too by newman yeah Plans, pulling it out at the schemes. last minute what do you think all those homeless people are doing <laughs> collecting all those bottles i don't know they're deranged <laughs> <laughs> So then we come to the wait out. This this is my like George. What the fuck are you doing at this point? Because he, so he he tells uh Carrie Elway's character or not oh, yeah, you know, Deborah Messing's character. He yeah. said you know you could have done a lot better than him. And then later Carrie Elway's turns it around on him. And Susan says I need to think about things. And he packs up Susan's things and is like throwing them on the couch. Yeah. As she's gone for like an hour thinking, like he's just like dancing around his apartment, smiling, singing when she comes back. And she's like, I think I want to go with the white flowers. And he's like, oh, and just like drops her clothes. Oh, no, that he's doesn't, packing up. doesn't she go? I thought she goes with the chicken instead of the fish. No, that's what it was. Yeah, it, it was right. I think yeah. I'm going to go with the chicken. Was, <laughs> like how she goes, I've been thinking a lot that he started packing her bags. That's yeah, a good like, point too, yeah. Doesn't she come home and go like, "What the fuck's all my stuff doing here?" Yeah, like, what? Why are you? Pa- are we going on a vacation? Is that what this is? Like, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's because he's so uh, ready Susan to stay find with a him way at that out, point. Though, you know, like, like he, right. He, so he, and in his mind, it, it caused a rift between Carrie Elwes and and Deborah Messing. He thinks it caused that same rift between them, which really it didn't. Like Susan knows she can't do any better. She's tried. She's even tried women. She knows she can't do better, and that's why she's there. Yeah, she's in it with him, and and she almost, I mean, not in like a perfect way is she in a relationship with George, but she thought through it more than George did. So like mm-hmm. she at least well she through. she took a lot of convincing. She took a lot of convincing. Apparently, we never saw that, but like um, she at least thought through. It seems she thought through the fact that like okay, well I'm getting older i do want to start a family and apparently i'm not amazing because i can't settle down with a guy or a girl so i guess i get costanza yep whereas george took one hour of thinking at the beach and that's that's the only grounding for this that's whole engagement. yep so so then we get to the invitations oh is it george's fault no i mean if 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 you know do, do, do any of George's actions, you know, cascade into what happened to Susan, of course. But if fault is to mean anything, it would be the manufacturer of envelopes. Yeah, why isn't he hiring Jackie Childs? Because cause he got what he wanted out of that incident. I he guess, can't win yeah. anymore. He doesn't need more, yeah. If, if he tries to win more, he'll end up losing. And he'll feel guilty about it, you know? Like, he yeah. he's, he's willing to let that take care of his problem for him and then that's it like let me like you know fold while i'm ahead kind of move 
mm-hmm. I think. And so the only way I would say that that he contributed to it is not by buying the envelopes, not you know, and along your same lines, like the woman shouldn't have been selling those envelopes if they were that toxic. Nor should you make but, glue that becomes so toxic that it it kills people. That doc so correct. toxic that doctors know about it immediately. It seems as if she Why was killed by some sort of glue, like those found on a cheap envelope. Yeah, it's true. It's not even like they did a full autopsy report. There, yeah, he just, just immediately a, came back and was like, "Clearly, was, this this chick was." Yeah, the ER doctor yeah, figures it out. ER doctor's hunch. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And why isn't Susan drinking any water as she's licking 200, 200 envelopes? Yeah, she just looks like she's like that. That's what happened. She got she suffocated. She didn't she, she didn't have enough saliva left. Like she suffocated basically. So why isn't she drinking any water? Her mouth is getting she's dry. She's also she's not out, the man. sharpest tool in the shed. Well, that's true. She had a high-paying job at yeah, but, CBC. Yeah, but Luke, you, you think she's good-looking, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess her parents are rich and important, so maybe she got some nepotism there and got the job at NBC. That's so true. true, though. I mean, that's... I mean, her dad did know John Cheever. Well, he, her, her dad did a lot more than know John Cheever. <laughs> no, he knew he John, knew John Cheever. Cheever hard. What did, yeah. what did he say? He, he he something me in ways you'll never know. Oh yeah, he or I think it was just like he understood me or loved me. He comforted me in more ways than you ever could. Yeah, it's something like yeah. that. Um he so so the only way I'll put any blame on George is you're not gonna lick any of the two hundred envelopes, George. Right. Like you can't do three of them. Come on. But also step but, up a but little that's, bit. The envelopes are, are very representative of sealing his own fate. Like he says that's it. We have yes. the invitations. This is it. Once the invitations go out, it's over. Like it's very symbolic of the fact that like that's and they, it for him. Yeah, they did get a second postponement somewhere. The the uh, hall the, the messed catering, up and they got postponed. The catering in June. hall messed up. That yeah. might have been earlier that episode or the episode before. It was like pretty close to that. Yeah, I think it was the one yeah, before. It was pretty close to that episode, which was the finale. And he was very, very excited oh, for yeah. that. He was he was elated. Again, yeah. He was dancing in the yeah. streets. Question though, when's the last time any of you guys have licked an envelope? I refuse to look envelopes. I just like wet it with something, like a wet yeah. paper no, towel I would or something. Never, I would never look an envelope. Like I, I think it's I used to, Oh, I, I lick them. If I have the liquid, usually I have the self-stick ones where you just peel the yeah, little thing off. I mean, I, I send out one envelope a month because I have to pay my landscapers by check. But yeah, I do it, it for rent. I, I buy one envelope a month. Yeah, but even then, I'm paranoid of like, what if I paper cut my tongue? Like, I'm not looking to do that. Also, I read that a oh, story that's a, that's once where you yeah. licked an envelope and there was like a cockroach egg in there. And yeah, no. Threw in there I'll, just, I'll just wet it. Fuck that. Yeah. But I've also done this like mailing list thing. I was helping out this charity, so I was like doing like maybe a thousand envelopes. And so I just had a wet sponge and you just like yeah. gloss it over the thing. Yeah, they have little uh, like yeah. dabber, like almost like bingo dabbers where you could just like rub yeah. moistness on She's licking these envelopes them. without any glass of water nearby. Clearly, she's getting more and more delusional. They're expecting 200 people. <laughs> yeah, we were expecting 200 people. Well, so if you're expecting 200 people, that means you've got to send out at least 250 That's invites. That's true, yeah. yeah. And, and for a wedding, you probably send out invitations what even people? to people who, who, you, know? who you know aren't going to come, right? Like when you have a wedding, it's like, well, we know they're not going to come, but like you still have to send an invitation. She, she probably knows a lot of people would be yeah, my guest. I think it's mostly on her side. All on her side of the family. And yeah. Because, because they're probably yeah. in these, these country club rich yeah, people rich things. Yeah, things, for sure. I don't understand <laughs> them. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, the doctor sums it up perfectly in the series finale of what were, what was George's reaction? Restrained jubilation. Jubilation. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's, that's, that's the whole thing that, that wraps up the whole thing. And it is true. Like, so as a concept zoomed out, it's like, has anything ever happened where it's awful for someone else, but it's actually good for you. And you had to feel a part of your brain kind of said, Oh, thank God. But then you also thought, Oh God, but that's horrible for this other person. Like that's a real experience that you have to deal with in life sometimes, you know? Yeah. One example it, it is. is like, I'm in the music. Not to this level, like, maybe taking auditions, for example, like when somebody you want wins a job and then, yeah, you know, right. the other person who lost the job, like you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, like yes. And then you're like, sorry though. Like, you know, you have that yeah. mixed like reaction. This just happens to be the, fucking dialed up as usual Seinfeld version of right, right, right. like you're talking about a marriage you didn't want to be in and the ticket out was that she died because of cheap envelopes that you bought right the closest mm-hmm. thing that you can get to like involuntary manslaughter with being <laughs> totally innocent it's like technically you yeah know? like but that's what he did he got out of it finally not because he tried not because he plotted or planned 
because he's an idiot and he's a cheap idiot. And like, is he going to be happy now moving forward? No, but at least he got out of it. So it's like, wh- where does that leave him? It leaves him to spiral further. He could have crashed, right? He could have reset, like, could have been yeah. like, oh my God, who, what, if, if Seinfeld weren't Seinfeld, right? If Seinfeld, but right. that's the beauty of why it is what it is. It right? is what it is because it represents a part of all of us, you know? There's a, there's <laughs> a core identity to it that I think that's why it's so attractive. It's we like, can all let's say the, the front left sector of all of our brains, like unintegrated from the other <laughs> emotional parts. Well, and like we said at the top, we can see ourselves in any one of these positions reacting the way they react. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We, we, just no yeah. normal person, even as normal as we are, which we've already established or is not that normal because of this <laughs> level of discussion we can have on this yeah. show that's 30 years old. It, we could, we would only do one of these things, or think one of maybe them. ten of them, maybe right. <laughs> yeah, but we would never do all of them. of them. Yeah, like occasionally so, uh, I'll do it in a shallow sense, you know, like when it doesn't really matter, you know. Right. But I'll yes, if it's like an actual deep life thing, like if I'm at a funeral, I'm not going around commenting on like like making, surface level things. Yeah. Right. Making sure you're thanking Alec Berg for the the devil's <laughs> ticket, so you yeah, get, it's like that's the, your the main tickets concern, to the next yeah. <laughs> Alec Berg. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, like when I'm actually at the funeral and I see the person crying for the person they lost, I'm like, Jesus, man, life is crazy. You I'm never not get a good hello like, at a funeral. Yeah, I'm not thinking that. Yeah, like, did I get a good hello? Although that's part of my brain. Like, or, you know, if you've ever been to a funeral, part of your brain is like, how do I keep it like shallow so that I don't get sucked in too deep to how right. awful death is or something? You know. Fair enough. Or, or at Suze's funeral where he's, you know, he's telling Peggy <laughs> how he slept with both of them. Oh, at Susie's. Uh, not Suze. only that, but I, I slept with both of them. Not only that, but I broke his thumbs. I broke his thumbs. And then thumbs. he's just like smiling like an idiot. Everybody's like, what? So one point, uh, well, two points I wanted to hit on before we go to the trivia challenge. Don't worry, listeners. We're in the home stretch. Her death takes place in the shadow of new light. She's not actually dead if we find a way to remember her. This is true. This That's is very so beautiful. true. Wow. Can you just come up with that now? <laughs> no, it's from Star Trek. It's from too, Wrath of Khan. <laughs> That's the line that ruined my life. Yeah. So, like, yeah, go ahead. I like Search for Spock. Jerry will say Wrath of Khan is better, but Search for Spock is clearly the, the better movie. So it's the classic Seinfeld conundrum, which is, like, just when George thinks he's out, even though she's dead, He's still he pulled back in, yeah. sucked into the whole he thing. Can't get away. He got genie. So, and and then Luckily they're attempting in, in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was going to be my my final point was oh, the house in the Hamptons. Go for it. They're they're doing everything they can blatantly to give his money to anyone that's not him. Right. And yeah, and I right. feel like her parents did this on purpose because they think it's his fault she died. We don't. We so never they set up this foundation with with Wick. Just to Wick. give away the money in front of George's face. They straight up tell him in the Hamptons when they're in a field because he goes, we got to walk from here. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally admits that the house in the Hamptons is fake. There's no horses. There's no, like, whatever. And they go, we know, George. We don't like you. Well, no, we he, blame you for Susan's death. There's no solarium. There's no other he solarium. He down yeah. first. He goes, why did you make me drive all the way out here? And they go, we never liked you very much. Yeah. And, in fact, we blamed you for Susan's death. Well, and George just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, that like, that he understands yeah, though he's like fair enough that makes he, sense he he can't stop torturing this family until he realizes they're torturing him for the same reason and then he's like all right we're on the same level yeah now we're good yeah on a per- that's when he can move on yeah. could you personally imagine driving from new york city to the hamptons which is about two hours at least I've, in the middle of the night but I, probably I, three hours i was gonna say i've done that drive it's a long drive it's a long ass yeah. drive um like, what's your plan? Like, when you get ten minutes into the trip, what's that conversation like in the car? They stop for pies. <laughs> like, they stop for tomato Hampton's tomatoes. But he he kind of goes like, no, oh, that's in the earlier Hampton. I think they get like antiques or something. Once he gets in the car, it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, they're clearly in it for the long term. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, if they get in the car, what does they're he think they're the, going to get the long, to the Hamptons and they're going to cave first? Well, you're both losing, anyways. You just wasted six yeah, hours. You're, of your you're life. already stuck. But there he's losing more because there is no house. Like, where is he <laughs> taking them to? Right. Like, just, there's there's no way he wins when he gets out exactly. there. The only way is they win when he gets right. out there. Like, but he, that's his short sightedness. He can never see th- that. I think that's really reflective of his character because they had no out for, from like his. If you really look at his plan, it's like, what were they going to do? Say like you like call him out. And then, like, 
what can he say? Let me prove it to you by taking you to my house in the Hamptons. Right. It's like, so at that point he has no out, but that's his whole, that's the engagement too. He's in it. It's too late. It's the same thing with the arm injury with Lloyd Braun. He goes, oh, I'll yeah. take this to the grave. Yeah. And he, he goes to the mm-hmm. doctor. He does all the appointments. He could just admit to Lloyd Braun, who's a meaningless person, right? Yeah. Just say, I faked it. Well, he, he works for Mayor Dinkins. Well, I, I mean, like, like it, it doesn't really affect George in too much of a way that actually no, matters. But he also he also winds up becoming that lie because then he accidentally hits his arm right. and it starts to He bumps his elbow, yeah. yeah. He's like, I bumped it in the office. Now I can't stop it. Right. Yeah. He should have just, like, kept going. He should have said, can you, can you check it one more time, Doctor, real quick? <laughs> At that point, yeah. But he becomes the lie. That's what's so funny about it. Yeah. Right. So that's that's George Costanza's engagement, um, and that's I mean, what more can you say about it? I think, I think we said everything there is to say we, about we, the engagement. We said it, yeah. Last little note I talk about George Costanza as I was watching today is mm-hmm. in general the way he eats is crazy. Like he's so impolite. He's oh, just it's constantly disgusting. Mouth open, nom nom nom, like pasta flipping everywhere. He, yeah. he has no so gives no shits about how impolite he's being with the way he eats. No shame. It's most evident in the fix-up yep. um, episode when he's set up with Cynthia yep. and they're at – they reconcile because he thought he got her right. pregnant and um, from Kramer's condom. Oh, yeah. And so they reconcile and they all go to dinner, Jerry and Elaine and Cynthia and George, and he just he just grabs bread. He's eating like man hands basically. He grabs bread. He's got his fork. His face is basically in his yep. spaghetti. And Cynthia just looks at him and is like, you know that relationship is ending <laughs> that yep. night. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, you know, when um, him and Jerry are supposed to go to a movie, but then he gets engaged and like he can't go to the Firestorm movie just back in the beginning yep. of the season. So, OK, Jerry goes to the movie. Right. Now they show them leaving the movie and George had to go to the. I have a question because, uh, like I said, I sleep through these episodes. Is that guy that Jerry sees the movie with? Is that Maroon Golf from the Puerto Rican? Oh, who he walks out with, and they're like, "Remember when he was shooting?" I think that yeah. is Maroon Golf. He's he's a bald yeah. black yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I guess right. so. I think you're so right. So does yeah. Jerry know that guy? But I don't watch. I haven't watched. Maybe it that's part enough. of why Maroon Golf hates so. him because he recognizes Jerry, but Jerry doesn't recognize him. Oh, because I was thinking that, that could be it. it. I think they met at the movie. I think they just met at the movie and were talking I, I about the movie. I thought they just met and at the movie because one of the craziest yeah. things was George is standing right outside the door to the theater Jerry came from. So it's George and Susan. They had just seen their other movie, which must have ended pretty similar time. Yeah, right. And Jerry's walking out with this bald mm-hmm. guy going like, oh, my God, when Harrison Ford was falling from the plane, shooting back at the plane, he doesn't even stop to say hello to George, his best friend. Nope. Yeah. He just walks right past him. No, George is yeah. dead to him and, at and that George, point. And George, this is George's fear. He's like, I'm irrelevant. I'm stuck in relationship mode while Jerry gets to do whatever he wants in single mode. He gets to talk mm-hmm. about, like, movies and planes and guns. Yeah. Like, and he's going to go home and eat a bowl of cereal. Jerry's, and Jerry's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's seeing Fast and Furious, and George has to see A Star is Born. Like, and, yeah, or The Notebook or something. Or The like. Notebook, yeah. <laughs> I, I forget what she, uh, Susan says. It's like, do you think they make it? And George just goes, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jerry's like, you remember he was shooting at him, falling out of the exactly. plane? And George is just kind of, he has that pathetic look on his face, like, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Ugh. All right, guys. That's I think that's all we've got on George Costanza, but stay tuned. We have got the main event, the trivia challenge. Yes. The trivia challenge is here. I guess. Uh, you guys ask me a question first. We'll, we'll go back and forth. we got five questions yeah. each. Uh, we'll keep track of who the winner is. I've got nine questions, but I'm only going to go five. I just, I, I just have the one. Okay, so, so. I, I've got... Uh, and I think mine is pretty hard because you can get it. I've, so. Yeah, I've got a few here, yeah. so uh, you give yours first. <laughs> okay. So you, um, do, you, do you have five total? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have six okay. total, okay. and we'll give five. Okay, cool. I have nine, so I can move around if we ask the same <laughs> okay. question. Cool. So the, uh, the episode, The Calzone, mm-hmm. great episode. Um, Paisanos. And, and, commentary, Joe. Yeah. The episode, the Kelzone. Great episode. <laughs> One of the best episodes. Uh, so Kramer, Jerry uh, comes back to his apartment and he finds Kramer um, baking his uh, his shirt in Jerry's oven. And Jerry asks Kramer, "Well, why can't you bake your shirt in your own oven to you know warm it up?" And what does Kramer tell Jerry he's cooking in his own oven as the reason why he can't bake it's his own a- shirt? casserole so close it's actually a pie a pie 
But that was going to be my blackberry, I, boysenberry. Well, I was going to say I have a follow-up question to that. Peach. What kind of pie? Bonus, what kind of pie? Yeah, bonus question, what kind of pie? Uh, I'm picking a cherry pie. No, that's not right. I don't know. Huckleberry. Good question, though. Huckleberry. It's a huckleberry pie, yeah. Good question. All right. A yeah. classic stumped random me, Stumped me on the first one. Yeah, yeah rain totally. It's yeah. like, of course, Kramer cooks huckleberry pies. Yes. Like, <laughs> it can't be simple, you know? So. All right. So here's my first question. You guys work together on this, but no Googling. Yeah. In the episode, um, The Statue, season two or three, oh, I want to yeah, say. Oh, yeah, an early one. What song was... What song was George singing when he dropped the statue? Uh, this would have been the first Esther time he dropped the, the statue. He said no, he was no, singing no, a song. Was, you, yeah. d- you never done no. uh, How does? Oh fuck! It's it like was... on the tip of my vocal cords. Wait, was it? Was it <laughs> something? Some, you never met a girl like something. Maria was in the name. Yeah, right? Maria. Oh. Yeah, I'm blanking. That's, I'm blanking. That's all I can remember. Yeah, if that's even right. MacArthur. The name. The name of the song is MacArthur Park. How does it go? I I don't know. I think he says I got to the point where she goes away, and that's when he does his hands uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, and drops that's a it. good one. Oh, that's wow. how he originally oh, dropped that's it a as good a kid. One. Yeah. yeah, that's how that's he originally broke one. it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right, you ready? Okay. Question right. two. We're not we're not off to no. a good start. Well, we're off to a good that start with questions. That means we're really good at answers. watching Seinfeld psychotically and coming yeah. up with questions. <laughs> and, and finding the little things that we don't yeah. think anybody yeah. else will get. All right, so this is from Season 7. Uh, Kramer gets burned with uh, the coffee, and he goes to Jackie Childs. Mm-hmm. And Jackie one. Childs decides, mm-hmm. well, you know, we need to get Mr. Kramer a doctor's appointment. What is the name of that doctor? Dr. Bison. Oh, Nailed it. Dr. He's, Bison. Got, he's got a point. Oh, make an nice. appointment with Dr. Bison. Tell him, <laughs> yeah. it's, tell him it's me. Because <laughs> I think he calls Dr. Bison in a separate episode. Oh, too. that could be. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like uh, the smoking one. The smoking oh, one. Oh, yeah. Call the, hey, what's his secretary's name? Jackie Child's secretary. Like, There's another trivia question. He, he goes like, hey, you know, uh, hey, Susie, call Dr. Bison. Make yeah. an appointment for Mr. Kramer. Cindy. I think it's hey, Cindy, Cindy. Call Dr. Bison. Make an appointment for Mr. Kramer. Tell him it's for me. Oh, it's oh, <laughs> oh boy! All right, I, I I'm gonna go with an easier one. Uh, I think it's okay. easier. Uh, season four. What was the chef's name in La Cocina? Como se dice waterbed? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> that's George's off off Broadway play that he. Oh, that's a good written. one. Um, was, see, this is the kind my brother would get yeah. immediately. Um, was it was it a uh, Pepe? Pepe. It was, it was, yep. was Pepe. Pepe? Yeah. yeah. It was Pepe. Pepe. Yeah. Oh Pepe. That's what yes. was so funny. It's like, what was it about? That's what's so funny. They mimed <laughs> he the mi- whole thing. He mimed it. It's like, wait, if you wrote a play where he mimed it, there's no play. <laughs> like that's what's so funny about it. Oh, that's classic. Pepe. Okay. All right, this one I I got. Uh, well, I'll do the slightly easier one first. This is not from season seven, George Susan. It's from a little bit uh, earlier. I forget exactly. But complete this line. Okay. I'm not a soft-boiled egg. Oh. I know it. I know it. <laughs> and I am not. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you know the conversation. Oh, yeah. It's in your subconscious. Yeah, Pull it out, man. It's, he's, talk, he's talking about pasteurization and yeah, fumigation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're, you're totally there. You're, you're right. I've never oh. had a soft-boiled egg the other day. There I am, spreading it on. A piece of toast. Yep. And then and he I am goes, not a piece George, of toast. I'm not a soft-boiled egg. And he goes, and I am not and a piece of toast. And I am not a piece of toast. As <laughs> if he's, and, and that convinces her to get with him. Yeah. Yeah. That was when, that was when, that was the episode of the pick when he had to get out of the relationship because he picked his nose because he didn't want to be with her again. <laughs> right, oh, right. Yeah. Who could think that George doesn't want to be with Susan? <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows how, like, kind of useless she is that it's like, oh, he makes a great point. It's like, no, he doesn't. Like that's not what's happening there. Not a soft boiled egg. Toast and soft eggs clearly go together. Yeah, no. It's like cool. You both said you're not pieces of food. What does that have to do with humans getting together in a relationship? How, so how do you like the eggs? Eggs are eggs. Eggs are eggs. That's very profound. By the same logic, could you say fish are fish? <laughs> I don't think so. And he's just like, what is going on in this conversation? Should have went with the omelet. He realizes yeah. it there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What do you got? Um. 
Number three. This uh, I'm going back to harder ones now. What was the name of the monkey that Kramer Kramer had an altercation with? Coco. No, Coco is the one that him and Put- Jerry and Putty oh, saw, right. saw on TV. Um, yeah. Uh, saw wait, the same wait, monkey. I know this. Uh, Kramer has to apologize to him. I'm trying to yeah. help. Like Frankie or Sammy or uh, wait. It ends in Y. You're on yeah, the right yeah, path no, there. I, uh, Barry. The Barry monkey. the monkey. Yeah. Barry, Barry. the monkey. Yep. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> he's not. He's even forgotten. For, forgotten his autoerotic behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I love my favorite line from that episode is Kramer goes up to Jerry and goes, uh, hey, Jerry, I tried to put the, the good word in for you with the, uh, your uh, girlfriend, but, you know, the whole left ear thing. And Jerry's like, what? No, he says this to George. <laughs> oh, George, I mean, yeah, yeah. George, yeah. Sienna. Sienna, yeah. he's dating a cram. But he just says it so casually, like, you know, the whole left ear thing. It's like, George is like, what left ear thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, George probably should have known that at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he paid any amount of attention. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I only gave myself half a point for number three because you helped me get so close fair to enough, it. So you guys are winning right now. Uh, yeah, two, like, two to one and a half. All right, yeah. Name. Uh, so, oh, yeah, yeah, your turn. Go ahead. Name the fireman who Kramer replaces on the back of that uh, hooking ladder. That's a good one. I can't. I, I know one. right now I can't. I could sit here and think all day and That's I wouldn't be able one. to do it. So if you say it, I might His name was remember. DeSoto. And the way we know that is they, yeah, they radio back familiar. there and Kramer says, DeSoto's gone, but Cosmo has the caboose. Yeah, yeah Cosmo has yeah. the caboose. Leaping Larry's. That's a good one. That's tough. You guys are killing me. Uh, here. I mean, I'm gonna have to move to my uh, my more yeah, difficult ones. Yeah, come on, ones. let's do it. Yeah, you got nine there. Go to the yeah. Right. yeah. Throw it at yeah, it. Go go into the well. Dive in. Who was Manhand's favorite president? Oh, that's a good one. Who was Manhand's favorite president? You know, LBJ comes up all uh, like more than once in the series. I think I can think of at least. It's not him. Yeah. Uh, was it an Andrew? Nope. Uh, I don't know then. Don't not know. even close. I, I can't. I can't even foster a guess. Yeah, know? I think I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna admit James. To James K. Polk. Huh. What's What's the context? He's reading the uh, Elaine hands him the picture and he asks about her and she says, "I wrote all her information on the back." And he's reading. And she, he says she likes this and this. Favorite president James Polk. That's a good one. That's Damn. really good. That's yes. really good. All right. Nice. I needed to stump you guys. That's good. That's good. All right. So here's one that's just hilarious. It, it might be easy, although I, I asked a few family members um, at this little uh, uh, lunch thing the other day, and half of them got it, half of them didn't. Or half of them nailed it, and half of them sort of got it. Something okay. like that. So George goes to the soup Nazi first time, and uh, uh, no bread turns into a whole problem, right? They give Mm -hmm. his money back, all that stuff. Second time, George goes, looks in the bag. He goes, ah, there's bread. And he kind of like looks at the soup Nazi with a smile. What is the reply of the soup Nazi to George? You're pushing your luck, little man. Nailed it. That's funny because when Luke asked me, I nailed it too. There's something about that line. Everybody nails the accents too. Yeah. Yeah. It's something about the way he says it where you're just like, the delivery of it. It it lands so hard. Yeah. It's just like, do you realize, like, I am so much more of a man than you, George Costanza? You know, like, I make the soup. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Final final question in the actual challenge. Oh, boy. What year was the cabin built? Ooh. Originally, I want to say seventies. I want to Way say off. like thirties. Closer. Forty. Nineteen forty-seven. It's a forty-seven cabin. I was gonna. You know, it's funny. I was gonna say thirty-seven. Yeah, because but... it, it sticks. Because because George says, uh, like Susan says, it was built in nineteen forty-seven, and George says, "Oh, it's a forty-seven cabin." And this one, I I uh, thought yeah. I knew it, and I had to to watch that part of the episode just to remember, like just to m- confirm that I knew it before I brought it here. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. That's good. That's real tough. All right, I won the the challenge by half a point. Go me. (laughs) We'll take it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, that's all we got for George Costanza today. Thank you guys for indulging me in my insanity. Um, I have more Seinfeld topics to discuss in the future if you guys ever want to come back. If not, I'll have to find somebody else crazy. I would say we're always on deck. I would for say more, we're down for, for like, more Seinfeld insanity. We're here. We'll, we'll try and keep it under having, two hours next time, maybe. We can try. Yeah, we what's can always try. What's fun about like having a specific topic within Seinfeld, though, is it allows like the branching off into all the other aspects, but you don't go too far. Right. Know, this is like even it, our bring it back. 
even our two part episode, it's like we didn't touch upon ninety. There's no way to touch yeah. to touch on yeah. everything, and yeah. if you try, you're just gonna get lost. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which you could say we did in our episodes if anyone wants but, to. But but that's but that's a also time. a good conversation. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. also a good conversation to get lost in. It's yeah. like bouncing I mean, from and you could argue that we got lost several times it. in this one. That's fine. We call them in our podcast we call those rail slips. We call them <laughs> rail slips. Well, isn't that what we found out that's we used what they to call say, it? Oh, we're going off the rails, but then Johnny but, said they used to call de- train derailments like like it's I forget what in China. time period in no, China. He, no, he said in China now, like today. Oh, they call them they rail slips. They call them rail slips because it sounds less like embarrassing for like the state, right. I guess. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we have accidental rail slip, like no problem, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, as if it's just like a, a little bumper, like fender bender kind of thing. Like you barely fell off rather than the whole train's halfway off of it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes a difference though. Well, yeah, thanks for All having right. us. Thanks this, for having this, us on. This, nice this to meet you. This is a lot of fun. You. Yeah, this was great. It's so funny that we barely know you yet because we both know Seinfeld. We can just riff endlessly. Like you just you just jump right into it. Yeah. I, just, I mean, it, talk, it's like we've known each other forever. Yeah. It's like we've known each other since the pilot 30 years ago. That's <laughs> yes. what it's like. Yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> that's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Make sure you check out the Thunk Tank podcast on all platforms. Uh, they're on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Thunk Tankers, uh, right? Thunk, at Thunk Tankers, yeah. Thunk. T-H-U-N-K, yeah. Thunk. Any Facebook, uh, Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, you have an anything Instagram uh, where we usually post like a beer of the day. Like we'll put a craft beer that we're drinking that day. Because um, our podcast is generally like we we try to combine craft beer with yeah. with whatever conversation we're having. Our, our third member, uh, Johnny, he's a uh, brewer, so he's he really brings a lot of cool. the uh, yeah legitimate craft beer element to it. Like he's nice. yeah he's an expert, so we uh we incorporate that. Yeah, we got a beer history sure. episode coming up, just kind of yeah. tracing you know beer from the Middle Ages to now, kind of. Yeah, yeah. we have some credit. awesome. A few. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So check that out. Check their uh, their episode. They did two on Seinfeld. Um, if you sat through this much time on this one, definitely check theirs out uh, because you enjoy Seinfeld on a pathological level. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is an ad about something. Audible, to be exact. Audible is a great way to catch up on all your favorite stories while on the go. Audible includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers. I've been using Audible for years on my daily commute to catch up on some of my favorite fantasy stories including Harry Potter, The Once and Future King, and A Song of Ice and Fire narrated by the Guinness World Record holder Roy Dotrice. Uh, I also love getting Audible's recommendations. Just recently, Audible recommended that I read Armada and Ready Player One by Ernest Cline and spectacularly narrated by Will Wheaton. I listened to both of these stories and loved them both because the narration by Will Wheaton just made the stories even more enjoyable and immersive than if I would have read them on my own. So if you love books, I've got some great news for you. Right now, for my listeners, you can get any audiobook you want from Audible for free when you sign up for your free trial of Audible using audibletrial.com slash a podcast about something. Again, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash a podcast about something. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for the two-minute two ISO. ISO. But first, listen to this promo from one of my fellow podcasters. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. So I just finished watching season two of Luke Cage. Um, it wasn't really very good. I 
liked season one of Luke Cage. It was probably my second favorite season one of the Netflix Marvel shows. Daredevil probably still stands atop everything with Kingpin and all that. Um, I really like Mike Coulter as Luke. I love Misty Knight. Shades is even really good, even though, you know, he hams it up a bit at times. Um, this season two, we even got a, a uh, good little look at Danny Rand, which yeah, I've said before, I, I kind of like Iron Fist. I know a lot of people don't, but, um, you know, Danny Rand comes in and he, he kind of just does his thing for a couple episodes. Um, there will be spoilers for season two of Luke Cage through the rest of this two-minute ISO, so if you haven't seen it, probably turn it off now um follow us on twitter all that good stuff uh but you know it it was season two was just to me it was really boring i i tried to watch i tried to get into it and i just couldn't get into it i don't no matter how much i tried i was usually doing something else and found myself whatever i was doing i was focusing on that more than the show which usually doesn't happen uh bushmaster was was really really cool um, I, I wish they would have focused on him, but for some reason they focused a lot on Mariah Stokes or, uh, Mariah Dillard, which, whichever name you want to go with for her. Um, it, the, the weird thing about the Netflix shows is they waste time on like these long drown out scenes or tracking shots or like 360 shots of, you know, a character that don't really go anywhere. They don't serve any purpose other than they're trying to show that they, that the directors are good directors or something like that i don't know it's just like for like three minutes we'll just be staring at a person walking or playing piano and it's like that really slows down your show when you put it in the if you put it at the beginning or the end to kind of like show some reflection on what's either coming or what just happened i get it but they put it like right in the middle of the shows and it just feels out of place every time they do it um my biggest problem though with season two was the aforementioned mariah stokes um alfrey woodard just like I don't know. She was just like off the rails this whole time. She was terrible. And I liked her in season one for the most part. I, I would have wanted more out of Masahura, Masahura Ali. But um, like when she kind of replaced him, she did a good job then. But in season two, she just like, she's always making these really weird facial expressions. And she emphasizes her words in a way that like people don't talk um she just would make these faces and say these things and it never like it never made sense she didn't feel like she was in the room with the rest of the people ever um she was just kind of like there on her own trying to do her own thing and it never fit um i i just the whole time i was watching i just wanted her to die and she had a couple close calls throughout the the season i don't want alfred woodard to die i mean don't don't want to kill real people but i wanted mariah stokes to die i wanted bushmaster to get her and for them to focus more on bushmaster and that never happened like she just kept making and making and then eventually um she did die at uh supposedly at the hands of her daughter which i don't know if if that's what happened or not they could pull some crap of you know her daughter didn't give her a potion that killed her she gave her one that made her look like she was dead and now she's back for season three. I really, really hope it doesn't go that way because I was just, I was at the end of my rope with, with Alfred Woodard as Mariah Stokes. Like, I'm, I'm done with it. Bring in a new villain for the next one. It looks like, you know, Luke Cage might be kind of the, the villain and he's got to make his way back to being good in, in season three. So hopefully they kind of rebound in season three. Um, it, it just felt like the whole season was trying to teach me a lesson, um, the lesson never landed. I don't know what the lesson was, but it seemed like all these things were happening that were supposed to be pointing to a lesson. It just never made it. It was like they kind of introduced these lessons and then just trailed off with them and never finished actually teaching the lesson. Um, but that's my review for season two of Luke Cage. I didn't really like it, but I feel like, as you've heard here before, I'm a completist, so I'll watch every season of everything that comes out. I probably won't get Iron Fist in before Daredevil Season 3 comes out in October, but um, I'll I'll do Iron Fist soon. Um, probably want to watch, better, probably going to catch up on Better Call Saul first, and then go to Iron Fist. And uh, I got Ozark out there still, too, that I got to catch up on. So I got a lot of TV to consume and not much time to do it, so... Uh, but that's my review for Luke Cage 2. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to the Thunk Tankers for coming on for this two-part mega cast. Uh, had a lot of fun with them. There will be more Seinfeld in the future for, again, the five of you that are still with us through part two. Um, thanks for listening. Again, you can always follow me on Twitter at APA something. You can send feedback through email to a podcast about something at gmail.com. If, uh, 
you feel like donating, hit our Patreon up at patreon.com slash podcast about something. We've also opened up a PayPal if you don't feel like setting up a monthly uh, donation subscription. Send me some money on PayPal, uh, podcast about something at gmail.com. Whatever, you know, if you want to donate, it's not free to run this. So anything that you want to give always helps. And, um, you know, I got to cover hosting costs and equipment costs, things like that. So anything you can do to help is always much appreciated. If you do help in any way, you get a shout out on the show. And, uh, you know, I got stickers right now that will probably do some giveaways here in the future. Um, There will probably be some Twitter giveaways from this episode uh, with those stickers. So stay tuned for that and stay classy.